Hey guys, welcome back to Talk Tennis Tea. And wow, grab your cuppers because a lot of people have been talking in the last couple of two weeks and Madrid and Rome happened. So make sure those cuppers are quite warm and you've got a big one because mm, we've got some steaming hot tea for you guys. So let's get straight into it. So we had two masters 1000s back to back Madrid and Rome uh, both on the clay both extremely ex- I wouldn't say extreme drama one of them was very mild and then the other one just everything escalated so yeah a lot of people have been talking in particular our favorite person and a friend to our podcast not really a friend but someone who we talk about a lot Nick Kyrgios made was moving a bit mad he was moving crazy he was being honest but he was saying a lot of crazy stuff so just a recap of the results for those two tournaments Novak Djokovic won Madrid and he won against Stefano Tsitsipas in the final I thought it was a great week over there obviously we had the retirement ceremony for Ferrer who was which was kind of sad. Again, he had to play Alexander Zverev, which was a tough match, but, you know, he did his best and he tried and Alex was very, uh, I guess, toned down and very humble. Is that the... I think that's the correct word I'd say. He was very humble in his win and he didn't overshadow what, you know, the man of the hour, which was Furu at that time. Furu's wife and their son came as well and they were there and obviously before the tournament there was obviously another thing with him as well so there was a lot of praise and it's basically it was basically centered around Faroo David Ferrer and that was very nice uh big up to Stefanos I had to say the match or the tournament of the match the the match of the tournament what am I on about it's it's been a long day guys the match of the tournament had to be Stefanos versus Alexander Zverev which was probably, it I would it wasn't it wasn't like the ref it wasn't like the Roger versus Steph where it was the changing of the guard but this one was kind of like cementing who's the next gen king and Stephanos won that one and we know Stephanos is the next gen king Stephanos has had the better season let's be honest Stephanos has made semi-finals he's won titles whereas Alex isn't looking that good he is currently playing at the moment this week we're seeing um Geneva and Lyon those are the ATP tournaments going on at the moment and he's doing quite well so hopefully he gets a good run and hopefully he puts in a good show before Roland Garros which is next week or in the coming weeks to come but it wasn't like he hasn't been looking good this was probably I think if we made a quarterfinal appearance in Madrid so this was good but you know Alex still has a lot way to go before we can say you know he's back but yeah basically Steph showed up put in the work and there was drama there was a meme of El- apparently Alex got a violation time violation because it was st- because of Steph being too slow and so there was a meme of Sasha yelling at Steph to hurry up and Steph just walked away and looked the other way so I thought that was funny if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen it why are you not following me on Twitter why are you not following me on Instagram because 
That is where you will see the memes. I literally retweet, repost, tweet occasionally, very occasional. I'm usually like the liker, retweeter of other people's stuff. But you will see a lot more if you're following me. So don't miss out just because you're not following. Make sure you're following and you will get all that information. But yeah, also those who do follow, thank you for following. Hope you guys are liking the content. More is coming. We are trying to do bigger and better things, so please stay with us on that. But yeah, anyway, Steph and that meme was pretty funny. It wasn't a meme, it was live. <laughs> it actually happened, So, but people turned it into a meme, so that was good. Um, and then Steph won against Nadal, which was the first time he's ever won against Nadal, to, and this was the semi-final to get into the final. So Steph and us really had a great tournament, and... He did very well. I couldn't fault him. I was a little bit, obviously, with Stefanos winning against Nadal, a lot of Nadal fans were like, or a lot of fans were like, oh, Nadal hasn't been doing that great. He can't even beat Stefanos Tsitsipas. But it's not that. It was just they both played an amazing game. Stefanos was just the better one of the day. And, yeah, that's the way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But we can't even say Nadal isn't in form anymore because Nadal, he's just come off a win from Rome. And... He's the only one out of the ATP to defend a title this year. So that's really saying something. And looking at the field this year, that's pretty big. Over to the women's. Kiki Burton's won the women's title against Simona Halep. And that was good. I didn't watch the match. I did see the scoreline and I thought Simona was going to win. I did. If you watched the... If you listen, watched. Why do I keep saying watch? This is... I don't know. Excuse me. Um, If you listened to the previous podcast where we did the draw reaction to Madrid and it was the Instagram T video... Uh, Instagram T podcast as well I did say that Simona was my one of my tops to win the title so I was a little bit surprised I was happy she made it to the final but I was a little bit surprised that she didn't go all the way but obviously Kiki Burton's was playing the amazing game and doing well on that day also about the women's side a lot of withdrawals a lot of injuries we saw Caroline Wozniacki, she has a leg injury, or if that was in Rome, but it's not looking good for them, especially going into the Roland Garros. So hopefully everyone is sleeping, resting, going to physio, going to training, going to the gym, and making sure they're healthy, because the women's side is not looking as fire as it usually is. So, yeah. Moving on to Rome, and this is where a lot happened Congratulations to Rafa Nadal for winning his first title on clay for this year at Rome. He did amazingly. It was a stunning week for him. He played against Novak Djokovic and you guys know the feelings Djokovic. It was his birthday either today or yesterday. I cannot remember, but happy birthday Djokovic. Hope he wish you many more years to come and more success on the year. But besides that, Nadal played amazingly convincing lead it was the first I think he won the first set six love and I watched that that's the set that I watched before I went to sleep and it was like I've never like I've watched Novak and Nadal play and Rafa play but this was I was convinced like there is no chance that Rafa is not prepared at all for Roland Garros I think it's just the case of everyone else before him 
everyone else below him and ahead of him are prepared as well. So it's a tough competition, especially in the men's draw this time. But congratulations to Rafa. He played amazingly. The thing that I was confused about, and I saw this on Twitter, there was Spider-Man turned up at the Rome. The Roma BNP International, I was very confused. I was like, where is he coming? Because there was a photo with Spider-Man and Novak Djokovic. Was it Novak Djokovic? One of the players. Maybe it was Novak and Diego. And then Spider-Man was there as well. And I was like, I know it's not Spider-Man. I know it was something dressed up as Spider-Man. And there was a video of like Spider-Man doing like backflips and all this kind of stuff on the main court. And I was like, what's happening over there in Rome? Like, I want to be there to see this happening, but what's happening over there? So that was interesting, I guess, if you missed out. You can probably find the video on YouTube or even search your Twitter feed, but that was quite interesting, and I don't know why. It kind of became a meme, but, you know, we're, we're just going to see. Anyway, the big news, and the reason why I'm here to talk to you guys, is because Nick Kyrgios... Yeah, now I did not watch the only Nick Kyrgios, the only two matches I really watched in the Rome that happened in Rome was Nick Kyrgios versus Daniel Medvedev, which was one of the very like round one match because I was like the drama is going to be real. And then the second one that I watched was the final. However, there was a match that I did not watch, but I wished I had stayed up to watch because it was it was going to be good and it would have been good but I just assumed it was going to be a walkover for Nick Kyrgios he would win easily but no that was not the case so Nicholas played uh Casper Rudd in the second round second yeah second round of the Rome of Rome and Nick ended up defaulting and get, being defaulted and getting a fine all because he threw a major tantrum, he was yelling at umpires, he threw a chair, and he smashed some rackets. And to be honest with you, I was like, okay, like we've seen tantrums before, Djokovic throwing everything out of his bag, you know, that's that's one thing. And then kids, Daniel Medvedev hitting the... um. FedEx box in Monte Carlo, Stefanos smashing the headphones at the AT at the next gen finals. You know, we've seen some tantrums. But Nicholas went above and beyond and I feel like he went too far. Like I haven't ever seen or maybe I just or maybe it's happened before, but I haven't seen a high profile what well, wasn't even high profile match really where someone has threw a chair, like, yes, yelling at the umpire, yes, smashing a racket, but when you start to throw furniture, that is where we have a problem. So he did that, and when I was researching for this podcast, I was reading a few articles, and I didn't know he got fined. He got fined for his behavior, so that was good. But that wasn't the biggest drama. The biggest drama was, oh, also, his opponent, Casper Rudd, also said that he should be banned from the sport in the on-court interview and the other thing that made it worse I think is because they were have it was a tough match I do have to say I don't remember the score but I'm pretty sure there was a few tiebreakers or there were pretty few tights it was two sets and it was pretty tight and Nick was actually leading in the second in the third set so they were in a third set 
already and it was pretty tight. But Casper Rudd, his celebration, obviously because Nick was defaulted, Nick left the court, but Casper Rudd celebrated. He didn't just do the clapping of the of the racket. No, 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 no. Casper went all out, and he he was like like he'd won a three set, like he'd won a proper three set match. And when I saw that, I was like, what? So I thought people were angry at Casper because he did that. And then I later realized, oh no, 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 that's not the case. Nick did some things, and I think. I don't know. I didn't watch the match. I didn't see anything about there being beef or them fighting throughout the match. So I didn't think that happened. But obviously Casper was feeling some type of way. And then I realized Casper Rudd trains at the Nadal, Rafa Nadal Academy over in Mallorca, Spain. So that's when I was like, oh no, this is deeper than just a match. This is back to when Rafa said that Nick wasn't good for the sport and obviously Casper feels the same way because he said Nick should be banned but so that brought Nick into some kind of feeling some type of way and Nick went on a podcast that is the no challenges no challenges remaining podcast hosted by one of the New York Times writers Mr. Rothenberg you know, so he did that. I personally have never listened to the podcast. I have not listened to this particular episode. Do I want to listen? Yes. Will I listen? No. But I'll give you my thoughts on that later. So Nick basically went on this podcast and it was a 15 minute, roughly a 15 minute podcast where he basically bashed the ATP and talked about his story and his life basically. So from this, a beef with Uncle Tony basically arised. Uncle Tony said, Nick is not good for the sport. This is before the podcast. He released statements saying, Nick is not good for the sport. He should be banned. You know, the ATP should stop giving him press and all that kind of stuff. And then Nick said that... Nick said that Uncle Tony is an idiot. And he called him a lot of other names, which I don't feel comfortable free replaying back to you guys, because I'm sure you guys can listen to the podcast that he was talking about it on, or you can find articles that say it, because some of the stuff he was saying, I feel bad, and I don't really want to talk about that stuff. But Nick, but the thing that Uncle Tony said that really made me be like, yeah, Nick is not an irresponsible adult or Nick doesn't just does un he just doesn't understand the severity of the situation. Uncle Tony said about Nick, he lacks education. Nicholas Kyrgios went on this podcast and said, Bruh, I've had excuse me, that's a horrible Australian answer. He was like, Bruh, I've had twelve years of high school and um Nicholas Nicholas Kyrgios, we're going to talk about this. 12 years of high school does not mean you were educated. Anyone can do 12 years of high school. A high school diploma or a high school certificate is not the same as other players who are doing bachelor's degrees in psychology, bachelor's degrees in sports sciences, masters, PhDs. That is not the same. You may have a basic fundamental education to get you into university. You may have your HSC, your VSC, or whatever the certificates are in Australia, but that does not mean you are well-educated. You may know stuff, but 
you obviously don't have the ed- you have an education and we know you do because you are fu- a functioning human being but you are you lack certain education like how to respect people you can't just call people idiots like i think the thing that really hurt me about the situation is uncle tony is not a player he is not a player he's someone's family but he's respected in the community it's like going up to Fedora's wife and calling her an idiot. She's not a player, but she is respected. Or anyone for that matter. You just don't say those things. And that is the thing that I don't think he understands. And I think the most annoying thing about it is the ATP, I'm pretty sure when I went onto Twitter the morning after the Matt Kasparad and Nicholas Nikiris's match happened, they posted a video of the tantrum. I'm not sure if it was them or some other sports site or some other, like, or maybe it was Tennis TV. Someone posted a video of the tantrum and I'm like, no, that's not okay. Like, going back and looking at it, like, he shouldn't be getting publicity over this because it doesn't look good on tennis and it doesn't look good on the sports. And we all as fans look like dumb people because we're supporting this. And at the end of the day, I know Nick has a lot of fans and I know he has a lot of following because let's be real Nick is good at tennis there is no we can I cannot deny the fact that he is good at what he does he is good he's a good player it's if he applied it and I always tell you this I was I am a fan but it's a love-hate relationship with Nicholas it's a really a love-hate relationship because the things he says and the things he does just make you want to wring him by the neck and be like, pull it together, like actually pull it together. And coming from these statements, not only did he say stuff about Uncle Tony, he said a lot of stuff about Andy Murray, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Stan Wawrinka, Fernando Vadasco. Like there was a lot of things he said in this podcast. And I, I, yeah, I don't, I just don't know. I really don't know how to feel about it. And it was only after, like, I read lots of articles to try and get an idea of what was said in this podcast to really understand what he was trying to do. And I still don't get it because allegedly, allegedly, I didn't listen to it, but I was watching other videos. And Nick said that it wasn't his choice to pick tennis. It was his family's choice. Nick wanted to play basketball, but his family was like, no, play tennis. And I just think, wow. Like, I had no words. Like, wow. Just wow. Like, actually no words. But anyway, there was more juicy stuff. I do commend Nick for going and speaking his truth on the podcast. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. We all love juicy tea. I love juicy tea. I was hurt by his like I I shouldn't be hurt but I was very shocked and kind of upset about his statements to Uncle Tony and towards Nadal because I am a massive Nadal fan and also he said some things about Andy Murray like how Andy's record against Novak Djokovic is kind of pathetic and is really appalling and all that kind of stuff and how he like you know he should really he should have got better matches and that's not that's not a dig at Andy really it's just kind of like mm. Like, really? You're supposed to be friends with these people and you can just openly bag them out like that? But Nick has this, and he has this mentality of, like, just...
be 100% real, be 100% honest, this is me if you don't like it, that's your problem, that's fine, deal with it elsewhere, but the thing that I commended Nick on was he talked about Djokovic and he said some real truths that I was like, ooh, the tea is piping hot. So Nick said Jocko was, um, he has a sick obsession with wanting to be liked his cringe-worthy celebration, and that he will never surpass Roger Federer. And yeah, I saw these, like, I saw this quote uh, from him, and I was like, like, I'm not saying I agree with you, but you you may have a point, Nick. You may have a point. Then he also mentioned Vadasco, and that how he is very arrogant, per how he's a very arrogant person, and that... He just riles him up the wrong way. And I feel like I I agree with that opinion. I'm not a Vadasco fan because of the fact that Vadasco is probably a Spaniard that could beat Nadal and has beaten Nadal at very crucial moments. But I just get some weird vibes about Vadasco. And I'm not saying I agree with Nick about him being arrogant. Obviously, I don't know Vadasco and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you have a, there's just vibes that you get. And that, yeah, Nick, you may be on to something there. He also said that Djokovic never really speaks his opinion. And I 100% agree with that statement. Because after everything that has happened with the Gibble Stub the ATP president debacles and the guy who was in prison or community service, whatever, all that business. Djokovic has been playing on the safe side and a lot of other ATP members and a lot of other ATP players have been saying that, you know, this guy shouldn't be in power or shouldn't be the president and all that stuff. And Djokovic is really smooth sailing and he's cruising and he's not really saying his opinion. And I feel like he's being very politically correct about the situation. And as a tennis fan, I don't need that from you, Djokovic. I want you to speak your truth. I want you to be a Sasha Zverev and spill the tea in a nice, polite way. You don't have to be Nick Kyrgios about it, but you can be a Sasha Zverev and spill all the tea because I think that is a better way to do it. Even though I love Shady Sasha, I think he has a much better delivery on those topics so I thought that was something I agreed with him on and that's probably the only thing I agreed with Nick on but I did see some of the points he did have and what he was saying he also mentioned like there's a lot of things that he talked about and I'm just only highlighting a few of them but yeah I thought that was it was an eventful week and I couldn't wait to sit down and talk to you guys about it because I just didn't know what to say or what to do like I was talking to some other friends and like family who watch tennis and who follow and they were just like like what are we supposed to do like what yeah and yeah so that's that's what happened we're moving on Nick said his piece he'll have to deal with it and then like he doesn't want to play like it's just usual Nick drama we're not going to deal with that Roland Garros is coming up and like I said before I am worried for the women's draw I'm so worried because it doesn't seem like everyone's injured. That is my first thing. But also, eh, 
I I just don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I'm a bit worried about the draw as well. So obviously the draw is coming out. I think maybe this weekend. I have no idea when the French Open starts, but it's very soon. Pro- probably next week or on Sunday. I will not know. I will probably uh, post about it and we, you'll probably see a podcast with a draw reaction very soon. So, yeah, I guess I'll have my thoughts collected in there, but I'm just worried about the women's side because they've got plagues of injuries. And then the men, the men's side is really up in the air. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. So that's going to be interesting. I did want to mention something that I did see, and that was Rafa Nadal's wedding. I'm not going to talk about the information that was released I'm not going to say that. I did, however, want to note anyone who is reading that information, just keep it in discretion. Obviously, Nadal is someone who's private, and we all love Nadal. And we all, and I know some of us are a bit crazy fans, and I'm a crazy fan too, but this is his big day, and I usually don't do this. But it's kind of, like, I was kind of upset to see the article where everything about the wedding had been released. And I was like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the tea. I feel like my podcast is getting longer and longer. This one is quite long. But I hope you guys enjoyed that. We did talk for a while. We did, there was a lot to unpack and debunk about Nick Kyrgios' drama and debacle. But you know what? That's all the joys of these. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll see you guys, hopefully, in the next couple of days with a draw reaction for Roland Garros. So be prepared for that and I'll catch you on the next one.